Welcome to another podcast from your friends here at the World Football Insider. My name is Javier Monet, and once again, I'm joining Studio 5 of our headquarters in the city of Atlanta by our most qualified experts, namely Gerard Ferrick and Aaron Bauer, both journalists and unofficial PhD in soccer walkout matters. Doctors, welcome. Let's start with Lionel Messi in Argentina, a team that seems to be destined to navigate in uncharted waters during the tournament in Russia, considering that it just canceled its next schedule friendly against Israel, and therefore will go to the World Cup with hardly any preparations games under its belt. Is Argentina taking too big of a risk by not testing properly? What he wants to display in Russia, Dr. Gerard? Uh, well, let's see. Their, their one and only friendly before the World Cup was against Haiti. And no offense, but you're not going to learn a whole lot <laughs> if you're Argentina and you're playing Haiti. So uh, you could argue, yes, it would have been Israel's not a, a, a really strong footballing nation, but they would have given them at least a bit of a test and they could have tried out a few things, um, especially given that we just aren't exactly sure what Argentina is going to run at the World Cup. Are they going to tie everything around Messi? Have they figured out a way to help Messi win a World Cup? We don't know. So maybe it's a good thing they're not playing and they keep everything hidden and then everyone's surprised come time for the World Cup. Is, is, a, is a cigarette, is having, keeping secrets a good idea for Argentina, Aaron? It may be. Um, I think this group of players have, have been around long enough with each other that maybe keeping some, some secrets, not tipping your hand, you know, there's got to be some trust in that squad. And Sampaoli's got to be hoping and praying right now that he's cultivated that because not having a, a last friendly is, is significant. Um, that last friendly can, can hurt teams. It can certainly help them, but not doing anything really doesn't do them any favors. Um, I'm going to come out and say it. I think Haiti is not as bad of an opponent as people like to say it is. I want to give CONCACAF some more credit than it deserves, especially these tough Caribbean, uh, Caribbean islands that people tend to overlook. Um, <laughs> do I think that's enough to qualify for the World Cup or to get yourself ready for the World Cup? No. I would like to make that clear. Um, but I think I think Argentina could surprise some people, but I think there's too much pressure on this squad. And Sampaoli had uh, just an impossible task. They're going to make it to the quarters? Maybe. It, it, it kind of depends on where their group is, how the other group plays out. If they win their group, they should. I don't really see many teams that are second places in, in groups outside one or two that could really make a challenge in the round of 16. So if Argentina wins their group, it's a safe bet to see them in the quarterfinals and then anything can happen. And they're going to win their group, Gerard. Uh, uh, they should. They should win their group. All right. Yeah, I agree. They should easily easily win that. Let's go to the second item then. Has It has a very recognizable name in the U.S. Hope Solo. She's a football world champion, she's an Olympic champion as a goalkeeper for the American girls, but now she's telling the whole world not to vote, not to vote, I repeat, for the North American bid that wants to organize the 2026 World Cup. Aaron, I'm going to be blunt. Is Hope Solo a traitor? I don't think the word traitor applies here. It's a little blunt, yes. I, I agree with you there, certainly. Um, I will say that we're giving Miss Solo the, uh, Ms. Solo the 
media she craves. Um, she recently just had some charges dropped, and we're reporting that, which is what she wants the media to do because she feels that they overcovered her domestic violence lawsuit. Now, because of this, I think, you know, she ran for U.S. soccer, did not get a lot of votes, is coming from a position of bitterness in the Federation. And I think she has some grievances against the Federation, though personally understood how they took their decisions against her when firing her after the 2016 Olympics. I think her arguments against voting the United States really ring hollow. The U.S. is a much better bid. It will help FIFA, which will in turn help the global game of soccer, which is FIFA's role. And I think she has a grievance against the USSF because of the lack of promotion and relegation in the, the closed U.S. system. And I think it's a bunk argument. I think people like to focus on the system of promotional and re promotion and relegation without focusing on the ills that are what is actually holding back soccer in the U.S., which is mismanagement from the board of directors and a lack of unified policy when it comes to development at the grassroots level. A system that allows clubs to rise and fall, putting their finances in peril, should not have nothing to do with this. Gerard, jump on this. Uh, well, I think, yeah, she's bitter and she's unhappy, but that doesn't mean she's wrong uh, oh. about the USSF. In particular, I think the United States Soccer Federation shot itself in the foot by electing the vice president to replace <laughs> the president. So nothing's going to change. Uh, it's going to be a disaster. And I, for one, am a big... Uh, I'm very much for relegation promotion, and uh, I don't see that happening anytime soon with the new people in charge. So, yeah, I uh, I so think it's a little it's it's a little rough to say. Okay, I'm American. Don't let the U.S. and North America host a 2026 World Cup. I wouldn't certainly not go that far. I'm just saying I kind of I kind of get where she's coming from. I think her arguments against the USSF that were so disingenuous with this promotion and relegation stuff. We both agree, and we we talk about this at length that grassroots soccer is the thing that they first need to change and show that there's a commitment there. This is just a way of organizing leagues. You know, whether there's money or not, we could argue about the revenues professional sports make, but the real problem is the board is paralyzed in their decision making and they don't actually know how to fix grassroots blockers. Who cares about pro-rel? It's such a tired argument. All right. Finally, we're entering the final week before the World Cup and Germany has announced that uh, one of the best players of the year in Europe, Sané, will not be part of the world champion squad in Russia. Gerard. What is it about certain coaches that seem to go against the conventional wisdom of using talent, no matter how the personality of the player may fit into the team? Uh, well, in this particular case, the track record is uh, he's been slightly successful as the head coach of Germany. So I'm gonna, I'm not gonna even go there. If if he thinks, if if Love thinks that's the way to go, then that's the way to go, and I'm I'm fine with it. I would be more. I have questions about the Belgian team and Martinez, but him, yeah. So don't question the master, huh? Nope, no questions. I think you have to question the master, but I think you give him more of a benefit of the doubt, the doubt than others. Um, I think as the media, it's constantly our job to question people who are in power, but at the same time, you have to put it in proper context, and there are some people that deserve the benefit of the doubt. Joachim Lowe is 
one of the most successful national team coaches of all time. I, he says he wants someone who's more defensive-oriented to come off the bench to change games when they're up. I understand what he's saying. I, it makes sense. Will it work? Well, we'll see in Russia in a week. We will. We will. <laughs> So before we go, any predictions as to what team could surprise us during the World Cup and make it, let's say, to the quarterfinals, Aaron? Yeah, so we, we talked about Argentina having a path to the quarterfinals by winning its group. Um, Peru, I think, could be the team to surprise people and win its group. I, I'm not as sold on France as other hey, people Peru. are. Right. And if Peru wins that group, they'll have a fairly easy matchup in the round of 16. And they could be, you know, the Colombia, the outsider team from last year that made the quarterfinals. All right. Call your friends in Lima. Tell them what you think. <laughs> Me and Guerrero. We're going, we're going drinking after this. All right. Gerard, what do you think? Uh, well, I like another South American side. I like Uruguay. Uh, Uruguay, you know, four years ago, they were like kind of the darling pick, you know, to, to make a big run, and it didn't quite work out. But uh, they still have Suarez and Cavani up front. They got two really good center backs, Godin and uh, Jimenez. Um, and let's be honest, they're in the easiest group. They've got Russia, Egypt, and Saudi Arabia. I'm sorry, Mo Salah yeah. or no Mo Salah. I don't see Egypt threatening them. So then you say, okay, they win the group. Guess who they get? Spain or Portugal in the round of 16. So I guess what I'm saying is they're going to beat either Spain or Portugal and make the quarters. So that's kind of, you know. I, like I think it would be Portugal. I think I think Spain's going to win that group. Yep. So you're going to have an Uruguay-Portugal matchup. I like that. Which gives them a pass to the quarters. I agree with Gerard there. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Your insights are always appreciated. For those of you who listen, we like your loyalty, but expect you to follow us like you have been doing in our World Football Insider webpage and our social media. This is Javier Monet saying so long.